Welcome to OEM Industry Update, a podcast examining the latest news and technology trends impacting product development teams in the heavy-duty on and off-highway equipment industries. I'm Kathy Wells, editor of OEM Off-Highway, and in this episode, I'm speaking with Zquip's Rob Bauer and Moog Construction's Holger Peach about the company's latest product release and the technology behind it. Rob Bauer is the engineering manager at Zquip, a Moog subsidiary. And over the past two years, uh, Rob assembled the technical team that developed the Zquip conversion concept. Uh, prior to this role, Rob worked on launch vehicles, satellites, and military vehicles at Moog's Space and Defense Division for over 25 years. Uh, he also owned and operated a construction company for nearly a decade. Uh, and then next up, Holder Peach, who goes by Hopi for short is the Director of Business Development at Moog Construction. Uh, He's also the Chairman of the Digital Task Force for the Committee for European Construction Equipment. Prior to his role, Hopi spent more than two decades with Caterpillar, where he oversaw key growth uh, capabilities for the Americas and for Europe. Gentlemen, thank you for joining us today. Let's jump right in. Uh, The product's name is Zquip. It's a a modular battery system. Uh, Go ahead and fill us in on on what it is, who it's for, and how it came to be. Uh, The Z-Equip system is a a system of components that's designed to convert a diesel machine into an electric machine. So we can do that with uh, an existing machine that's already been in the field, or we can work with an original equipment manufacturer uh, to uh, integrate that system. The system has several parts. Uh, The main component is a uh, a battery. Each machine can take one battery or take multiple batteries. Other parts of the system are the controller and the uh, motor to drive the pumps on the existing system or motor actuator combinations. Awesome, okay, so how do the Zquip battery modules approach electrification differently than what's already available? The main innovation of the Zquip system is that the battery modules can be used across multiple types of machines and sizes of machines. So anything in the five to 50 ton class allows us to use the same battery. So we can go anything from a, a relatively small CTL to a pretty good size excavator, we can cover with the same batteries. In addition to that, we have an overarching software that allows a site manager to see the condition and location of all their batteries at any one time. Therefore, they can do a great job of making sure the energy is at the right place at the right time. I think if I may add a little bit to this, uh, the big difference here is also um, obviously the swappability, right? A lot of machines that you find today, uh, the machine is integrated, and so that's nice, but obviously it also means that when the machine doesn't work, uh, the battery doesn't work either, right? And these are, these are expensive investments. So obviously what you want to do is you always want to have that battery running one way or another. And so the best way to do this is to either um, move it from one machine to the next when you need it, or um, you just swap it. So you, you charge one, you load the other, and obviously they they uh, they don't take as long to charge as they do of being used. So that gives you a lot of flexibility to move energy around on the site. And I think that's that's the real beauty about the swappability. Plus, it is obviously retrofitable. 
So you can you can actually convert an existing machine to be electrified, and you can use multiple metals, multiple brands to do that. So all very flexible, which I think is what you need if energy now becomes the new almost bottleneck, right, on a site, and you have to adopt your technologies and your operations to be able to maximize that um, that challenge or that opportunity. Okay, Rob, uh, is electrification um, just about zero emissions? Um, what's the deal? So zero emissions is, is certainly a, a worthy goal and, and worthwhile. However, uh, if you really look at the big picture here, you're going to find out that electric equipment is going to be the least expensive way to run your business some years from now. Diesel is going, uh, going to get only more expensive as time goes by, and electric equipment is going to get only less expensive as time goes by. The ZQIP system is optimized to run at a fleet level. At an individual machine level, there are many good offerings out there. Our competitors are building good quality equipment, but they're not thinking about it from a fleet level point of view, an energy management point of view, and being able to have the right amount of energy at the right place at the right time. That's the trademark of the ZQIP system. It will be the least expensive way to run your site in not too many years. Yeah, one, one okay. more thing maybe to add also, one more thing to add also maybe on electrification is obviously once you get like a hundred, almost a hundred percent of your energy straight onto the wheels or the bucket or whatever moves, you know, to, to handle that, then you, you need to have some software and intelligence component in between the power and where the power is used. And that actually opens a whole door now in terms of how you can program an electrified machine as compared to one that you still need to guide through throttles and, and manually accelerating and you name it. And, and so as you think about this programmability, then you open completely new doors in terms of, okay, automating uh, certain workflows, autonomy in itself. So without doubt, you know, technology here will, will move its way and to a degree in construction is catching up with other industry where that is already normal, right? Then, Airplane space and other other parts, even even your electrical vehicle car today, have already moved down that path. Great, I, I love that. Okay, so um, I'm sure you're getting all kinds of questions alongside the release, and we are too. Uh, I'd like to read a bit of an email from a reader and get your take on it. He wrote in uh, a little bit curious about the Zquip battery pack and how it will fit in multiple different machines, writing, um, the problem with electrification of machinery is not finding a battery that will work. The really hard part is finding a battery that will fit into the space provided on the machine. So let's, let's talk for a bit about what it takes to swap these batteries between vehicles. Um, how can it accommodate the right fit across multiple machines? When we started this journey, we went looking for um, a high-density um, battery system. Uh, so we have our system runs at 666 volts, uh, which is higher than most of the other systems out there today. Uh, in addition to that, we put quite a bit of time into packaging it down into the smallest uh, container that, that would accept it, and then uh, determined how to have a dock that could be on multiple different machines that um, would be able to accept this battery module. That's the swappability part. So each machine can have one dock or multiple docks and then accept this battery module, which is the highest power density um, available. 
Yeah, let me let me add to this cafe maybe a bit of a weird reference point, but obviously the key element here is runtime, right? And if you want a lot of runtime, you need very big batteries that need a lot of space. But think of it, you like putting one year of milk supply in your fridge because you, you think you need one year of milk readily available. Well, you wouldn't do that, right? You would have smaller tetra packs of milk and then swap them in and out as you need them. And so you don't really have that size issue to the same point if you make it very easy to get smaller batteries in and out because you're not going to fill the entire machine with an entire day of electricity, if that makes sense. So you can, you, as long as the swapping is efficient, you can have smaller modules very easily. And I think it's a more elegant way to kind of solve this. Kathy, when we um, when we started this journey, even the internal team here um, was a split on whether fast charging or swapping was the better choice. We ultimately uh, went into an expiration period um, and realized that we could do both. Uh, so all of our modules and uh, even the machines entirely are fast chargeable, which means over your lunch break, um, as others are doing, uh, you can get a, a decent amount of charge. So our machines support that. Our machines also make it very easy to swap. In addition to that, a third variety of uh, moving energy around is that we have a buddy stores um, ability, meaning you can pull one machine up next to another um, and transfer the energy across the two machines. So we recognize that construction is uh, constantly changing. Not everything goes perfectly every day. You plan as well as you can, um, but you're going to need uh, the ability to pivot. Uh, and so we gave you uh, many options for how to move that energy around and the information in the palm of your hand with the application. So you can see where the energy is and have a lot of opportunities and options uh, to recover if things don't go perfectly. Yeah, well, that's great, guys. I, I appreciate you diving into that a bit more. Um, I'm curious now, um, what's required to convert a diesel machine to Zquip and how long does it take to, to do that? When we start converting a machine, so let's talk about maybe an excavator, something like that. Um, the engineering involved is, is pretty substantial. Uh, we have uh, a few months of engineering work and then a, a few months more of building uh, what we call a conversion kit. In uh, all that time, we do not need the machine during that period. So the machine's up and running as a diesel machine working wherever it's working. Uh, when we have our kit complete and we're ready, it takes less than two weeks to implement the kit onto the machine. Wow, I mean, that's that's relatively quick, right? It, it, it is, I think, the quickest conversion out there to do it that way. Oh. The second machine uh, could be done again in, in just a couple more weeks. The engineering takes a little time, the actual conversion is straightforward. Okay, do you see um, uh, selling this the Zquip conversions to OEMs or is this uh, a technology strictly for the aftermarket? Hobie? Yeah. Well, that's an excellent question, Kathy. I think right now we're getting a lot of uh, pull from customers um, in terms of, you know, they get projects in today, you know, depending on which country or city you operate, you you already have to be zero emission or you only get the jobs when you, when you show up zero emission. And so they obviously have uh, now not just one machines, but multiple machines. They'd like to have zero emission 
Um, that could be different types, that could be different brands. So as the market is right now, that's where we see most of the demand. Now, moving forward, obviously, the more people on this platform, you know, the more interesting it becomes for uh, suppliers to be on the platform, the more then it becomes interesting for people to adopt the platform. So we hope that OEMs eventually will offer this as one of the factory options. And then we're more, to, more than happy then to see to what degree we can get more people on this standard because as an industry overall, the more you can swap um, batteries around, not just from one of your machines to one of your other machines, but from one side to another, from one owner to another. Uh, think of it a little bit like Airbnb for batteries. And the more people are on it, the more um, advantageous it becomes. So we're very open to so to look at the, the demand side right now from, from owners and operators. But I think it's equally important to get as many OEMs and suppliers on the same um, scheme. Great, yeah. Um, are you able to, to get into the cost of, of anything for us today? Um, how does it compare to the cost of a traditional internal combustion engine hydraulic setup? Um, sure. The uh, the bare machine. Uh, so there's there's two ways two ways to look at this. You have the bare machine, and then you have the battery system. The bare machine itself um, is comparable in cost. If you were uh, starting uh, building the machine from scratch, it would be comparable in cost to a diesel machine. In fact, it would be a little less expensive than the diesel machine because you wouldn't need the engine and those other kind of components. As a conversion, it's still not um, very expensive. It depends on the machine we're talking about. So I can't really give you a number. Um, sure. But it's, the conversion itself is not very expensive. The batteries are a separate expense entirely. Uh, they can be uh, purchased. Um, they can be rented. We're looking to establish this uh, ecosystem where uh, the batteries are available, but you don't necessarily have to own them. And you can just have the energy available that you need uh, for the day. And if you're renting, I imagine that would come with um, some kind of maintenance plan, potentially? I, I would suspect what's going to ultimately happen is people are going to um, buy the batteries that they definitely need um, day over day over day, and then they're going to rent the batteries they need for, for peak uh, days. Um, most likely, uh, Moog has a long history of setting up uh, depots uh, for doing uh, maintenance on things. Um, these uh, battery modules, uh, there aren't a lot of mechanics out there. There aren't the equivalent of a diesel mechanic out there right now today that can do that kind of work. So Moog is going to be having uh, depots uh, to do the maintenance work. And then the rental houses themselves are also interested in having uh, maintenance uh, available at those facilities. Okay, great. The rest of that story is that there is much less maintenance required than in the uh, traditional diesel uh, equipment. And, and just, um, just to add to that also, um, I think the beauty is that the technical flexibility also gives us a lot of flexibility in terms of how we make this um, affordable for customers. But try like try today to buy an excavator and say, look, I want to own the excavator, but I want to rent the, the internal combustion engine. Um, I, I don't think you find somebody who'll do that, right? Uh, in this I'm not scenario. sure that's an option. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, I want to have the car, but I don't want the engine. I just rent the engine when I need it. Well, you know, um, in our scenario, you can, right? 
you can you can own the car but not own the engine you know and or you can own two engines or you can have 10 cars and five engines and you can own some and rent some so i think right now we have the flexibility to adopt this to what customers actually want you know we see rental companies potentially interested in that model also um it gives a lot of options especially as you know as things are going the lifetime of a battery might actually outlast uh, the lifetime of uh, of the actual machine so you add all of this up you can see that uh, there are many many options and we're very excited actually to see what people would like to try out along the way well and you just hit on my next question uh, let's talk about the lifetime of the battery what what kind of estimate do you have there batteries that we're operating with uh, are good for 5,000 cycles. Um, the, the key to making a battery last a long time is thermal management. And we have the, the premium thermal management system um, available in the industry um, in our Z-Quip packs. So for 5,000 cycles, just to kind of stretch that out, if you were uh, discharging a battery and charging it once per day, which you certainly can do more than once per day, but if you were doing once per day, that's on the, on the order of 20 years of operational life. Yeah. Okay. That'll do it, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I'll ask the machine. I have another interesting one, you know, in terms of where conversations go here. So initially, we had a lot of questions about, okay, what's the residual value of the battery? Um, that's understandable, and obviously, that's why we have technology to monitor them. <laughs> but recently, I have more and more owners that say, well, what is actually the residual value of my diesel-powered machine? if within my country, I will not be able to operate it anymore in five years. And so that equation might actually be worse than, than the one on, on betting on the battery. Yeah, and that's an interesting point. What, what, what's been the response? How, what kind of questions are you getting from interested parties? Well, I think it's exactly that. They say like, okay, well, Darren knows that batteries are expensive. They are, you know, they're like, uh, uh, definitely uh, an investment, um, but you know, so is a diesel engine. If you're not allowed to use it anymore, what are you going to do with it? So we get that as a question. We get people very excited that by separating the battery from the machine, now the residual value of the machine actually is independent from the condition of your battery, and that takes a lot of risk out also. But today you buy a, a used electric car, everything is around, well, how did you treat the battery, right? In our case, the car and the battery are separate, right? You can trade your battery and you can trade your converted vehicle any way you want to. So we get a lot of interesting questions around that. And then also people like then to say, hey, you know, if I have this battery and I don't use it, can I make money renting that battery to other people? And can I plug it into my house? And can I make money with the battery other than just using it in a machine? So we had we had a lot of good questions, Kathy. You'll take up the whole podcast, but I think those three are the ones <laughs> that strike me as particularly well, even I hadn't thought of it. <laughs> Something to think about. All right, now guys, as battery technology changes, how will this affect Zquip? The Zquip system is uh, really completely future-proofed. Um, the, the battery modules themselves are uh, utterly independent of the rest of the system. 
we have an abstraction layer in our software. So whatever type of battery technology are in the module, it doesn't matter to the rest of the system. The software recognizes the type of battery that's there and appropriately pulls power from that battery. So as battery technology changes, we may be able to pack a little more power into each module, but it really won't make a difference. In fact, even today, we can have a ZQuip module of multiple different or multiple ZQuip modules with different types of battery technology inside. Yeah, just to add to this, I think the secret here is obviously not just the chemistry, is how, how do you enable that through algorithms and that software layer that um, that Rob mentioned. And that is extremely flexible. Obviously, you can, you can change that within hours, um, which is very different from physical components, which obviously need to be redesigned, remanufactured. Uh, the secret here, to a large degree, is that software-enabled battery management system. Um, well, quickly, before we go, uh, let's touch on production and availability. Uh, when and where, uh, in what markets, is ZQIP available? Of course, construction, but do you see this crossing over into, say, agriculture or mining? Definitely. Um, we're, we're starting with construction, but uh, we're already talking to other markets uh, as you mentioned, agricultural mining, um, uh, ports, uh, that could be uh, seaports, airports. Uh, there, there are many, many good applications uh, for this. No, I, I think, you know, there's obviously construction makes sense. I think obviously electrical systems have the power to actually regenerate energy, which combustion engines don't have. So let's say on an excavator, every time you, you bring down the, the boom or every time you kind of swerve left or right, you can recuperate that energy um, and so there are markets other than construction that have a lot of that, that movement, which, which make electrification extremely interested. interesting. We look into those. And I think geographically, obviously, there are some countries now, like um, I want to mention the Netherlands, the Norway, where legislation is already extremely uh, zero emission um, progressive. So those are key mm -hmm. markets for us to focus on, but we also see a growing number of um, cities uh, on their own pace saying, look, we would like to have some of this construction um, uh, zero emission. We would have, we would like it to be um, with less noise. Uh, we would like it to be better for the operators in terms of the experience because we don't find operators anymore. And so there are actually now a number of applications um, and cities that we almost need to conquer one by one. Um, but it's interesting to see the dominoes fall. Hope we don't forget about safety. There's a many opportunities that come up once you have the vehicle electrified. Oh yeah, sorry, Rob. Of course, safe, safety in all of this is crucial. You know, as soon as you start electrification, automation and autonomy, uh, you cannot do that without um, thinking about safety and again, safety, mechanical safety versus electric and electronic enabled safety is night and day. And definitely something right in our wheelhouse in terms of a priority for this um, progress. And lastly, guys, where can our listeners learn more? You can go to our website at zquip.tech. That's Z-Q-U-I-P.tech. There's a uh, contact us now button prominently there. Smash that and we will get back to you. Perfect. There you go. Uh, I'd like to thank Rob at Zquip and Hopi at Moog Construction for taking the time to speak with us today and share a closer look into this modular battery technology. 
Thanks for tuning into this episode of the OEM Industry Update Podcast. Uh, please be sure to visit oemoffhighway.com for more episodes and even more industry insights. Until next time.